0: Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House and that howling in the distance means it's spooky time. So join us as we slowly pull our paraphernalia wagon back to 1977 to pay a long-awaited revisit to Halloween is Grinch Night. I am fuzzy pink endangered species being chased down a mountain just for existing Mike Westfall. And joining me is my personal Grinch Alarm Warden. Please welcome back James Riley. Hello, James. Hey, Mike. And the guest of honor at the exclusive Grinch Night Ball. Please welcome Ethan from a special presentation or Alf will not be seen tonight. Hi, Ethan.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Hungry Reader here. That's my other name. Great to have you both. James, you've been very patient with me. I know you mentioned this to me a couple times and we have arrived.
2: Is this your favorite Halloween special? my god of course it is it is (laughs) and and that's that's so weird because it wasn't something like i grew up every year watching this or anything else like that my my uh my wife she went to walmart one day comes home and she's got like a bunch of trinkets and everything and then oh yeah by the way i've got this uh you know this dvd of uh eggs and ham i'm like oh my goodness i that that looks like the worst possible thing i want to put on for my kids forget it no so of course one of them finds it gets it puts it on and they're just letting it run they're playing in the background and like my my kids are just the kind of playing on the floor and they're they're occasionally watching the tv i come walking through closer to the end and (laughs) uh and this thing is playing and it's we'll we'll get to like where i I think i came in later on but my god it it (laughs) As I walk through, they're all entranced by this, and it has become our family favorite. Like they, <laughs> they can't wait to put it on. And when I told them I was coming on, they were just like, Yes, oh, this is amazing, Dad. I can't believe it. <laughs> that
0: that might be a better story than having grown up with it like I did. But Ethan, what about you? What's your history with Grinch Knight?
1: OK, I grew up in San Diego. Well, grown up is a, you know, kind of stretching the word because I was four to ten in San Diego. Okay, But at the time, a certain fellow by the name of Ted Geisel also lived in the San Diego area in La Jolla. Oh, and at a, and at one point they had a Dr. Seuss retrospective at a museum that my parents took me to and I I do remember seeing a lot of the peculiarities of his career, like the fake taxidermied animals he made in his own (laughs) style. But uh, I specifically remember a a display of uh, his animated specials. It was just running, running in a big loop and it was cat in the hat specials. And then there was the Lorax and then there was something called Halloween is Grinch Night that. And it just showed clips from the best part of this special. And I was absolutely entranced by it. I was like, what is this? I have to see this. (laughs) And luckily, it happened to be running on the Disney Channel that year. So I was so I was a fan before I even saw the saw the entire special. I think I saw Dr. Seuss himself, but I don't remember that part. Oh, wow. That's
0: pretty special, even if you don't remember whether or not you saw him. Yeah, He was an old man with white hair,
1: but I, I know a lot of those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I definitely also first watched this on, well, no, I definitely first watched this on the Disney channel. Might have been in that same block as Witches' Night Out and Halloween that mm-hmm. almost wasn't. Yep. Both of which I've done in years past. Now that I think about it, my parents might have been taping this block while I was going through my candy haul after getting home from trick or treating, because I remember we were parked in front of the TV going through all of our candy together.
1: That is a crucial part of the Halloween ritual, as far as I'm concerned. most yes. important part. You got to have your candy in front of the specials. Yes. And you got to, you know, be, a, you know, sorting through it. Be like, OK, Smarties, good. Uh, red cinnamon uh, gummy bears and eh, not the best uh, religious pamphlet. Ugh, I'm not going to this house anymore. <laughs> Pencils. Throw it out. <laughs> Pencils. Oh, Toothbrushes. Oh, wait, I don't actually have one. Let's keep it. It's- exactly. Always good to have a spare toothbrush. And there was
0: always the one house. And yeah, that would have been the late 80s, but Halloween is Grinch Night debuted on October 28th, 1977 on ABC. It was the first Dr. Seuss special to air on ABC instead of CBS. Uh, and this one an Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program the following year. And rightly deserved.
2: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's this quality animation right here.
1: Way the hell better than Carlton, your doorman. Yeah. <sighs> Carlton, your <laughs> well, I Did that also win the Emmy? It did. It won the oh, Emmy in 1980. Oh
0: dear. <laughs> yeah, I think this was up. I the only one I remember that this was up against was the Fat Albert Christmas special, and the less said about that, the better.
2: But, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fat Albert. <laughs> I, I have a lot to say about the Fat Albert movie, but that'll have to be on another podcast. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, but filling in as the Grinch, due to Boris Karloff being very unavailable, let's say, <laughs> is Hans Conried, the voice of Captain Hook. It's a
2: wonderful night for Grinch night.
1: Their troubles will now commence. Oh, I wouldn't stay home on a night like this for
2: $60 and 60 cents. I can't believe I missed it the first time.
1: He had a major uh, connection with Dr. Seuss as well, being the titular Dr. T from The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T. Oh, that's right. And if you haven't seen that movie, go
2: see it. Dr. T is wild. I'm adding that to my list. I've never seen that before, but I'm absolutely adding that to my list. I mean, it's a musical from the
1: 50s, so there are going to be slow parts, but the good parts are so good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a shame that that kind of ruined Dr. Seuss's image of Hollywood for a while to the fact that he almost didn't make the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas TV special, but he finally got talked into it by Chuck Jones, thankfully, and that brings us back here much, much later. But yeah, uh, your thoughts on Hans Conrad as the Grinch?
2: Honestly, I, again... I had no idea this was even like, I, I saw the name in the credits every time we watched it. And I've seen it a thousand times. And it's like, it was only when my kids got Disney plus and they were watching uh, Peter Pan. And I'm like, what the heck have I heard that name? But we've, we've heard that, that voice before. I know if I've heard, I've seen Peter Pan a thousand times myself. And I'm like, I've heard this somewhere else. I know I've seen it. And I look it up. I'm like, Oh my God, it's him. <laughs> it's the, it's the Grinch what the hell
0: <laughs> wow you reversed it you you figured out it the other way usually I put this on I'm like wait a minute that's Captain Hook
2: well it's so far removed from anything like it, it, it's a it's the same kind of voice but not really it's not like Thurl Ravenscroft who's also in this and then the the other one mm-hmm Kyle, grinch Tall christmas it Ravenscroft, you know that voice you know that's tony the tiger that's that's the haunted mansion that's like yep. there's about a thousand places you can recognize him from i personally remember mostly from the brave little toaster but <laughs> wow, yeah <laughs> kirby
1: i love kirby i love him so much
2: oh yes absolutely
1: but yeah you're right he's one of those single voice voice actors right up there with lorenzo music Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it here. I recognized it was Captain Hook out of the gate, but whatever. It works. The Grinch in this special is the same sort of evil as Captain Hook uh, or snidely whiplash, if you prefer.
1: Yeah, I I've never seen Disney's Peter Pan. Where I knew him from was the animated The Hobbit, where he was Thorin. Oh, that's right. He was. <sighs> That's a callback. Wow. Yeah.
0: We're, we're hitting all the touch points tonight. I love it. <laughs> uh, I do also want to shout out the music composer for this special because it's got fantastic music. Oh, this man is a god. Uh-huh. It's Joe Raposo, who was the composer for Sesame Street for years, wrote most of that show's greatest hits. He wrote Being Green, didn't he? He wrote Being Green. He wrote See Is for Cookie he wrote doing the pidget like most of the the big greatest hits from sesame street not all of them but 9 out of 10 i would say and then he would write theme songs for other tv shows including three's company and then this masterpiece
1: oh and you know what he did the next year or maybe it was the year after that what's that Raggedy Ann and Andy, a musical adventure. Oh,
0: oh, I've mentioned that a few times on this podcast. And <laughs> finally, I've gotten someone who's seen it and, and understands.
1: Oh, my, my friend Mike, the co-host of my podcast. <laughs> it is his mm-hmm. least favorite movie. It <laughs> terrifies <laughs> him.
0: But I love Good Reason. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, it's, it's absolutely terrifying. But for some reason, like, that draws me in it's the return to oz effect yes return to oz effect i like that and we'll get to the rest of the cast as we meet them but hans conried is also our narrator as we open on a mighty gorgeous sunset over Hooville. it was a mighty gorgeous sunset it was truly a beautiful sight
1: all the friendly small housetops of Hooville glowing bright in the changing light
0: this opening shot is great, but it always throws me off a little to see these rolling green hills at the front of Mount Crumpet instead of snowy ones.
2: It's, it's disaffecting to be absolutely, it's like, it's, it's not, you know, you're expecting something much, much different. You're like, okay, well, I'm used to seeing everything's covered in snow. Maybe it's a snowbound town or something like up in, up in the mountains or something, you know, uh, the, I mean, first thing that comes to mind is something like Aspen or, Sweden, something like that, mm. somewhere where they that that's like that's that's a normal thing, you know.
1: Now, Dr. Seuss, it never left his head that this is all taking place on a dust speck. And the, the who's by his own word are specifically supposed to be bugs. So it's pretty it is it's hard to imagine the kind of you know geography that a dust speck would have. But this seems about right to me. <laughs> Very jagged. My kids just just got
0: finished uh, a school production of Susical, so I'm very familiar with the Dustback geography.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Boil that Dustback!
0: Boil that Dustback!
2: <laughs> I also got to point out the, the the colors and the the whole thing. This is like you every single aspect, every single scene of this, you, from the start to finish, feels like a Halloween special. But they don't mention the word Halloween the whole time. Yeah the the colors the 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 angles the 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 lighting is just it everything about this says this is fall yes this is like right before the end like right before I like I, I want to say like a mid Octoberish when things start to really start to cool down mm-hmm. but then this is like the last gasp of whatever warm weather is out there and that this is where it really turns to leaves are everywhere you know
0: yeah. And you see leaves kind of blowing by at the beginning, like as we change scenes or as we come back from a commercial, they'll they'll bring those leaves kind of whipping across the screen.
2: And even the first things that uh, uh, Josiah and Yukari uh, are doing, they're out there raking the lawn. They are.
1: I love all the things that the, the- – the busy work that the Who's are doing as they go about their lives. The painter, the kids who are pushing a, a skateboard on a gondola. That looks great. Oh, <laughs> the the crossing guard. Uh, all, the only vehicles in Whoville are baby carriages. Can't be too careful.
2: <laughs> Speeding along with those carriages. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know what that blacksmith is for, but they don't have horses. Yeah, the black U-smith. <laughs> Maybe that's just his name. Hi, I'm Black Black Blacksmith. Nice to meet you. There you go. Yeah, name over his door. Also, we should probably point out that this is not called Halloween is Grinch Night everywhere. In countries where they don't regularly celebrate Halloween, it's simply called It's Grinch Night.
0: It's Grinch Night. I've seen just Grinch Night on the DVD copy I have with green egg that it's green eggs and ham. And then in the corner, it says also Grinch Night.
1: This uh, this version, at least the version that I watched ha- specifically says at the title card, Halloween is Grinch night as the Grinch drums his fingers and grit and grins dolefully at you. Yeah. And there's a little pumpkin face in the O oh, in Halloween. And that's the only acknowledgement of Halloween in this whole special.
0: It is. But you're right that those uh, those little fall touches make it still feel Halloween, even though. It's the only thing they know here is Grinch night. Halloween is Grinch night. This is it. This is as close as we're getting to it, but it still works for me. And I love it.
2: I mean, I appreciate it because too too many times you have Halloween specials with someone trying to like, like shoehorn or like force in a reference to Halloween when it's like, okay, well, we don't need this. You can just have them, you know, screwing out with ghosts and ghouls and all kinds of scary stuff without having to say, Oh, it's Halloween. This is what we're going to do. Sure.
1: Sometimes I wonder how much of an influence there is on just like, you know, be sure to remind kids that Halloween is about candy. <laughs> <I'm much laughs> that in
2: this. There's no reference to any kind of food at all, in fact. And, and I mean you don't see them eating or drinking anything. You don't see them no. having any kind of reference to oh, we no should go beast. like go for a walk. Right. Exactly. No, no roast beast. beast.
1: That's for Christmas. There's brickleberries, but I don't think they're food. I hope not. Good lord. <laughs> They're probably like, uh, oh, crap. What's it? What's that fruit? Starts with a T. Very popular in Mexican cooking. Tamarind. Probably like tamarind. They're unsafe for human consumption unless you really process them first. (laughs) Could be.
0: Well, first we meet old Josiah, who who happens to take a sniff of the air and that causes him concern. And the voice of Josiah is Hal Smith.
1: Mariah, will you also take a whiff?
0: I've mentioned him a few times. I think the last character he played on this podcast was Goofy as the ghost of Jacob Marley for a hot second.
1: Wow. That's, uh, I, did, I would not have guessed that, uh, that was so much. Goofy. But then again, pretty much anyone can do a Goofy voice, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Hal Smith wasn't the best Goofy. He was kind of an interstitial in the middle. Um, another place that I know Hal Smith personally from, it was uh, the movie The Adventures of the American Rabbit. He was kind of the old wise sage. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Lorenzo Music, his
0: one voice. <laughs> the gorilla who ate Garfield.
1: Yeah. And Pong. <laughs>
0: Also troubled by the smell of the sour sweet wind is Josiah's wife, Mariah, voiced by Irene Tidro. inside, children. Whom I know best is Dennis the Menace's neighbor, Mrs. Elkins, in that old black and white sitcom. Oh, wow. Yeah, like Mr. Wilson's nemesis in that. Uh, which Mr. Wilson? Uh, George in the original. Oh, they, that did change, after The original, yeah.
1: um... The original Mister Wilson, the one who yes. looked a little more like the comic character, but not much.
0: Yeah, just a just a smidge like
1: him. But the other one looked more like Walt Disney, which is probably appropriate.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. You're right. Uh, but Irene Tijer was also the old landlady in the movie Midnight Madness. Have you seen that? Not familiar. Oh, no, it's an early. No. Uh, it's it's how do I explain Midnight Madness? Uh-oh. It's kind of like a like game show where it's some rich college kids idea of fun and they all get a prize.
1: It's an early Michael J. Fox movie. Huh?
2: Well, now I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah. I'm imagining a cross between shock treatment and smash TV.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I failed to uh, describe that properly.
1: Go look <laughs> up midnight madness, kids. Midnight madness. And don't confuse it with <laughs> Marvel
0: madness. no, no, <laughs> So all of a sudden every who and who fill starts rushing into their homes. And I, a Florida man, liken this to hunkering down for a hurricane. Probably closer to a tornado warning now that I think about it.
2: That's really what it looks like. I mean, especially with the locked doors and like making sure everything's all secured and battened down and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like all you can see is the wind, and you're like, what's going- what have these people seen before? Really? How bad was it last time that they're just like, okay, this is it and you see the one parent dragging the kid off and yeah. all you hear the the vocalization for that one I don't know where the heck they got that voice no!
0: No, 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 no! I have never heard a baby cry like
2: that I've never heard a baby's t- like sound like that it's just like, <laughs> rah,
0: rah, rah. like
2: what the heck what are you doing to this child as you're dragging him off into the house <laughs> I'd go back for the bear too yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm not going to get hunkered down like that with a kid without like making sure he's okay. No. you need your
1: security blanket in a situation like this. <laughs> Absolutely,
2: exactly. Yes.
1: Now, remind me, did anyone like you know board up their own windows for this, or was it just the locks?
2: It looked like it was just the locks and the doors. Yeah, it was. It
1: locks and shutters. So the implication here is that the Grinch will enter your home if you're not careful yeah and it takes the whole
0: special to figure out what is the grinch doing well first let's we have josiah to explain us in song why everybody's suddenly staying indoors tonight i suggest we stay indoors tonight i suggest we
2: lock ourselves in tight tonight you know won't go quite right You can tell by the smell of the wind.
0: You get a series of causes and effects that Dr. Seuss loves to do.
1: Yes, the uh, the sour sweet wind is apparently the cause. Now, I want to bring up the question. Can we compare and contrast the sour sweet wind with the wind that smells swift and sour by the far end of town where the grickle grass grows?
2: Oh, there you go.
1: That's that's a I didn't even think of that, but
0: yeah. Wow.
1: Now there is also a grouchy person with green furry arms that lives over there.
0: There is. I wonder if it makes a difference whether the sweet comes first or the sour comes first.
2: (laughs) For copyright purposes, it certainly does. (laughs) It's the
0: difference between Crayola's yellow-green and (laughs) green-yellow.
1: Because they're
2: two different colors.
1: I've always wondered if the Onceler was a species of Grinch or the other
2: way around. Well, six of one half dozen of the other, you know, that sort of <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> I know the once has a very big family, so.
2: He sure does. What happens when they breed? <laughs> well, you, New Jersey is what happens when they breed. Because <laughs> I had to read that to my kids a thousand times. They're just like, wow. And I'm sitting there reading the, the description. I'm like, he's basically telling us. He's, the entire family settled in northern Jersey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know that Jersey had hummingfish. Not anymore. Well, oh, nope. that's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of things. No more hummingfish, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> but in Whoville, when the sour sweet wind starts a howling, that wakes up the grey grumps in their tree stumps. What is a grey A fox? Looks more like a angry ferret.
1: Yeah, some some sort of yeah. small furry thing that would probably be friendly uh, if uh, there wasn't uh, sour sweet wind runkling and grunkling up Punker's Pond.
0: No, well, it's their growling that makes the waves across Punker's Pond, causing these Loch Ness monster looking hacken cracks, starting a yowling. Where else have you seen hacken cracks? They make their way in. Oh, the places you'll go.
1: Yes, which came ten years later. So it's nice to have a little confirmation of uh, the of the uh, events of Halloween as Grinch Night.
0: Yes, I'm glad that uh, quite a few things in here either make the jump to print or are pulled from something completely different from this, and I like that about this. Yes,
2: I gotta say, I did. I, I, I we were looking through when I'm reading some of these stories to the kids we've got like the big compodium of like compendium sorry of all the Grinch story of all the uh Dr. Seuss stories and I'm looking through and I'm like I get to all all the places you can go and I or like was it happy birthday to you I think is one the one I noticed the most where there's parts where we'll see later on where it's just this is lifted in enti- like entirely from Halloween's Grinch night like there's like big scenes in this book and I'm like what the heck the where did what did he he uh, and at first i'm thinking to myself did they did he just take this art from this book and then use it in the, the special i'm like no wait this was published afterwards he had to have done it that way they had to have like pulled it from the special it's a
0: little both ways as as we'll come to later when when we get to the big show coming later but Yeah, it kind of feels like you need a cork board and just like string of (laughs) yarn (laughs) trying to connect everything.
2: Somebody paged Charlie
0: Day. (laughs) But the hack and crack starts yelling. And that is what really gets the goat of the Grinch, who decides that's his cue to go down and terrorize the who's in some way. No reason. Just how dare you live near noisy animals (laughs) like I, too, live near noisy animals.
2: I was like hey, like, right, I'm going to learn you a thing or two. I'm going to let this thing go. We're going to have so much fun. Yes, it is my turn, baby.
1: <laughs> or as he put it, it was a wonderful night for eyebrows. It's a wonderful night for eyebrows.
2: A wonderful night for teeth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like how when he says that, Max kind of nods like, yeah, I know. I know teeth, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. OK, dude. <laughs>
0: Max is not excited at all to learn that it's apparently Grinch night. Because that means he has to pull the Grinch's mysterious paraphernalia wagon all the way up Mount Crumpet. And he's just slow and miserable the entire time. First, he's got to bring it all the way up the mountain. Then he's got to pull it all the way back down with the Grinch in tow.
1: I... That's the thing about these Grinch specials. They're all just a trip up or down a mountain for the most part. They are. They don't skimp on that trip.
2: (laughs) He takes his time.
1: I really like the whole, you know, the grim march of death that uh, Max takes, you know, plotting as he drags this two wheeled wagon. And it's whatever is under its whatever's under its hatch is bumping and thumping like, like it wants to come out. Oh, yeah, we get those. It's almost like funeral march violins. Mm-hmm. Also, have you noticed how many mean birds are in this? Oh, yeah. So many mean birds.
0: <laughs> All Especially these on his face. Birds
1: glaring disapprovingly. <laughs> <laughs> Great place to live, Hooville. Whoville
0: where we finally hear from Josiah and Mariah's very inquisitive grandson, Eukariah. Grandpa, we've stood and we've stood, and stood and just stood and produces no good. The least we could do is find out without doubt whether
2: or not the Grinch
0: is coming out. That's the voice of a kid named Gary Shapiro, who appears to be known for this, but he also played a kid on the original C-Lab 2020. So neat. Oh, wow. Yukari wears glasses and has a slight astigmatism Which as a kid I thought was some nonsense Dr. Seuss word Until I grew up and got one (laughs) (laughs) But as you know a cartoon character with glasses means he's a nerd And he's got a nerdy suggestion for grandpa to call the Grinch Alarm Center Which Josiah calls only to find the lines busy
2: Lines busy Very busy
0: Look it up, kids. When
1: was the last time y'all got a busy signal?
2: Uh, about
1: a week oh. ago. Man, been a while. Just goes straight to voicemail these days. Yeah. But that that brings up the question, what's what kind of technology level are the who's at? Because they have telephones with call waiting, but they don't have indoor plumbing. No, they don't. We'll get to that in a bit. But no, let's
0: talk about this phone because it's got like a. It's a video phone. They got a screen on it. Yeah. It's a very old timey looking phone that's on a box hanging on the wall, but it's got some extra knobs and a monitor showing Sergeant Samuel S. McPherson on the line, who's manning the Grinch Alarm Center.
1: Yes, he has a giant mechanical mushroom that he's hiding in to keep a closer uh, look on the Keep a closer look on the Grinch. And, you know, this is where I start to put put things together. It's like, OK, so they they do without a lot of the necessities of life, like in, like indoor plumbing. But they have this incredibly high-tech Grinch alarm system. And then you start to put together the names Josiah, Mariah, Euchariah, <laughs> and... It's like, oh, okay. it's like how the Amish really like cell phones. Yes, they just don't. They just do without the technology that they don't need. But if it's really handy, like the kind of thing that keeps the Grinch away, then they embrace it. To Pennsylvania, dust speck. There you go. The <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> This is not a recording. This is me in person. You're Grinch Alarm Warden, Sergeant Samuel S. McPherson. It is my duty to inform you if conditions improve or if they worsen. The voice of Sergeant McPherson is Jack DeLeon, who's probably best known as the openly gay character Marty on Barney Miller. And I think nine dwarves on that Hobbit from American Bass.
1: Yes, I definitely remember hearing him as various dwarves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was Balan.
0: And Philly and Killy, and I'm probably mispronouncing them, but like nine of them I counted in the credits.
1: Yeah, the only the only other dwarf I can name whose whose voice I can name outside of uh, Thorin was Bomber. And that was, uh, oh, oh, wait, I guess I can't name it. (laughs) 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 uh, Yeah, what's his name? Scrappy-Doo. Oh, God. Ratchet from Transformers. Papa Smurf. He was a lot of things. Oh, Don Messick. Don Messick. Yes. Thank you. Like, oh, I know it.
0: I like how Papa Smurf was the one that made me remember. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was the only one I ever saw him do live. He was on a he was really? on Oprah talking about being a uh, voice actor. And they said, oh, you're also Papa Smurf. He said, oh, yes, of course I am. And the whole <laughs> audience goes crazy.
2: delightful. <laughs>
1: Uh, Here,
0: Jack DeLeon's the Grinch alarm warden on duty like he's NORAD tracking Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Spying via telescope from his giant psychedelic-looking mechanical mushroom fort at the Grinch. Who gets a swinging number here about the Grinch Night Ball? I'm gonna be the guest of honor An exclusive Grinch Night Ball Gonna be the only dancer in the Whovale Town Hall Which I'm kind of sad we never actually see, but...
2: That, that would have been something else, especially with him dancing along with the jazz hands and everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I know I really hoped that uh, you know when that Jim Carrey uh, movie came out, it meant we would get a Halloween as Grinch Knight sequel where we'd oh. see Grinch Knight
2: happen. That nope. would have been something to look at. But I mean, judging by how the other one came out, I'm not too sure about that.
1: Well, I mean... Jim Carrey hated doing it, obviously. It was a miserable experience. He said it was like being buried alive every day. But uh, speaking of somebody who was working at a movie theater when that came out, it did not lose money. So I assumed there was going to be a sequel.
0: (laughs) Grinch gets to sing his own song this time, and my only complaint is I wish it were longer. And he gets his own song despite the fact that they have Thurl Ravenscroft.
1: Yeah, he didn't he didn't get his own song. I'm surprised. Well, I guess I guess it would have been wrong. Wouldn't have been terrible for the Grinch to have had his voice just for the song. But yeah, I guess not. Still, I mean, let's not forget that uh, that Hans Conrad was a magnificent singer in his own right. He
0: is. Absolutely. Uh, And he ends the song as the Grinch snaps his fingers and lightning flashes. I didn't know he could do that. Is that what he's going to do when he gets to Whoville?
2: God, I wish.
1: Yeah, he can get small and tall at his his very command. Maybe this is all stuff he can only do on Grinch Knight. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool, actually. I like that theory. Yeah, there's like... Grinch night means there's some sort of like ion storm or something that interacts with his Grinch particle and the blue sky. Wow,
2: night. that's <laughs> I mean, that's honestly that's that's a great explanation for this. I mean, as for like the, the stuff that who's are do, like dealing with it, if you're looking at it, it's kind of like they've thrown a TV up along with a, a telephone. And I got to say, as someone who's researched the hell out of this, this sort of technology in the first place, because I'm just that much of a nerd. Um, this sort of thing was not unheard of in the 60s. Like if you had like the weird kind of community where it's like just enough technology where you've got telephones and such like that, but just enough that you don't necessarily have TVs running constantly. Uh, you might be able to get a signal or two. I live in a community right now like that. That's like, we barely get TV service over the air. Like I can't get locals at all. I have to get cable if I want anything, but, oh, wow. uh, mm. but uh, what's a called? or streaming in my case. <laughs> so, right. but the, those kind of communities are like all over the place where and it's like very like little patches here or there where it's like you have a little bit or just enough technology, but then not to the point where it's like super obvious what's going like that. that this is a advanced community, I guess, <laughs> or something more modern.
0: Well, whatever the Grinch is up to with a crack of his whip, Max slowly starts inching the wagon down Mount Crumpet. And now it's the dog's turn to sing.
1: Max has this in- weirdly sad song about his regrets that he just sings in his head. But it seems like the Grinch can hear him. It's- yeah, because he responds in the middle of it.
2: And that might just be like the the Grinch is also, by the way, telepathic on Grinch night. Yeah, might might add to the scary <laughs> things, you know?
1: Yes. More of the ion storm. <laughs> the Grinch blood moon rises again. <laughs> exactly. And anyone who's been stuck in a crappy job but has no idea where they would go without it can totally identify with Max here. Absolutely. How many times have I said and said How many
0: times have I said
1: in my head
0: What am I doing here And Max's voice is Henry Gibson best known to me as Igor in The Halloween That Almost Wasn't. Oh,
1: Oh no way!
0: Yes. <laughs> no way! Same guy. <laughs> Again, probably best known to most people our age
2: from the Burbs, but he's Igor to me. Uh, oh, the I Burbs? The I. Uh, the only thing I recognize him here. For, like I, I can see it, like a ton of names that like this guy's got a list as long as my arm. But uh, the the one thing that stuck out to me, I was like, oh, that's where I've seen this guy's face before. Wedding Crashers. He's the priest. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. (laughs) I'm looking at him like, he basically sits there and he's like, he doesn't say a word. And um, the one guy comes in and just like, just goes through all the crazy stuff that's been happening to him. And at the end, he just like slaps him on the back. And the guy is just like, what did I just go through? What happened here?
0: (laughs) And what is Max doing here? This song's interesting because it suggests Max wasn't always the Grinch's dog. So now I want a Max origin story. What (laughs) are you doing
1: here? He had a beloved great aunt who raised him. And, you know, did the Grinch steal him out of the whelping box? What happened? Right. How did the Grinch get a dog? Why does he have a dog? He hates
2: everyone. Did he make a deal with the Grinch to spare his family? Could be.
0: I don't know, but he says his, his dear old Auntie Wolfie, wouldn't he fear very much care for him now?
1: I would like to think that, uh, yeah, uh, there would be some kind of re- reunion with uh, Anti Woofy after this. Maybe yeah. I
0: imagine Anti Woofie somewhere in Whoville.
1: Yeah, I mean, how far can a dog go on a speck of dust?
2: <laughs> Maybe he's from a different speck of dust. Oh, deep. do you think they trade with other specks? That's well, possible. You see groups of dust all the time. Do they have a port. Max is
0: an alien dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Quick cut back to the sergeant
0: as he updates the who's and a quip from Ukariah that this looks a lot better without his glasses, which he says again later and hears back both times you put your glasses back on and face the facts. And for some reason, my bespectacled self found that moment rather deep. (laughs) Don't want to face your fears. Can't see them if you're not wearing your corrected lenses.
2: Tap my temple. That sounds more like a Simpsons response. Like, you could see Bart being like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take my glasses off and I'm not going to acknowledge any of this crap that's going on. Oh, dear. When you're a kid who
1: wears glasses, other kids who don't wear glasses seem to think that you're doing it as part of, like, you know, a fashion statement or a costume. <laughs> so this is, important. this is good to have this little uh, acknowledgement that, uh, you know, glasses are... Glasses aren't a costume. Glasses are part of your face. If you have, if you can't see without them.
0: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And now we get this special song about look how much of a jerk the Grinch is. (laughs) (laughs) He he activates.
1: He castigates.
0: He blaster gates.
1: And while all of
0: it's no, you're a mean one, but it ends with his wagon running over 10,000 little flowers. And he stops and doubles up to get the one he missed.
1: or oh, missed one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> also, he seems to pluck a butternut squash off of a tree and eat it. And that is worse than anything else in this special.
0: that's the only mention of food oh yeah that's right grinch is the only one (laughs) eating this song's okay here's where we first hear thorough ravenscroft i think but just for a second should have leaned on him more
1: oh yeah can't go wrong
0: (laughs) yeah well and if running over flowers and spitting at a worm isn't bad enough now he's chasing down an endangered wuzzy wuzu. I'm intrigued by the design of the Wuzu. Everything else in this special is outlined in black. The Wuzu, a small, fluffy pink creature, is outlined in white.
1: I didn't notice that before, but you're right. Yeah, he's the Wuzu is strangely of uh, symmetrical. It has a tail puff that's as big as its body. I wonder if there... that seems like some sort of natural advantage that uh, maybe its predators would go for the tail. Ooh, and perhaps s- and leave the body behind.
0: That'd be clever.
1: I like that.
2: And then here comes the Grinch with his big paraphernalia wagon ready to run your
0: butt down. <laughs> Loses him by hiding in a brickle bush, which the Grinch is launched into after his wagon hits a rock on the road and sends him flying. And back in Whoville, still glued to their magic video phone, Yukariah suddenly says he has to go to The euphemism?
1: The euphemism? No one goes to
0: the euphemism on a night like this. But I gotta. And I'll tell you what, I didn't get this joke for years. I thought euphemism was just another made-up Zeus word. Am I alone here?
1: Uh, No, I definitely learned the word euphemism from this. But it wasn't until decades later that I realized that the euphemism was the restroom.
2: Yes, same here. It took a couple times of me watching this for actually to, to figure out that's what they were talking about. Because I'm like, wait a second, you're going to the outhouse, that's the lord, why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, when I first saw this, I did not know what an outhouse house was. Oh dear, yeah. Oh wow. It is
0: strange. Yeah, this is where I remember Grandpa Josiah has a phone with a TV built into it, but he's also got an outhouse.
2: Which it's it's a it's a farming community. That's not Yeah completely unheard of i mean it's easier to run wire than it is to run pipes everywhere sure but yeah you're probably right so who
1: knows farming community are you suggesting they use night soil i that's (laughs) what it looks like to me to be honest wow (laughs) everybody poops
0: (laughs) but the wind is so strong now eukariah doesn't even make it to the euphemism he gets knocked off his feet by a flying tree limb and is carried away into the night into the direction of Mount Crumpet as we pause for a built-in commercial break. I wouldn't go out on a night like this for $66,600,000 and an extra 66 cents. <laughs> cereal is coming your way how about a monster for breakfast today
1: want a hanky frankie thanks and how about some wonderful frankenberry cereal with oodles and oodles
2: strawberry flavored marshmallows and frankenberry is part of this good
0: nutritious breakfast here comes daljocula wish you could stay
2: how about a monster for breakfast today hey! We now return to Halloween is Grinch Night.
0: Next thing we know, Eukariah's grandparents are calling his name into the wind, and a chorus helpfully tells us Eukariah is now headed up Mount Crumpet for some reason.
1: Yeah, this was a heck of a gust of wind. It blew a small boy halfway up a mountain. And he's still looking for the euphemism up there. I guess the wind actually blew him up
0: the mountain. Is he lost (laughs) on the other side of it?
2: That's possible, but like that how do you if you've lived there for this long, are you just not going out by yourself? Are you not like are you not familiar with the area enough to work your way back? But how far did it carry him? That, it looks like in, in the scenes that he's <laughs> in between while his his grandparents are looking around for him, looks like he's like walking miles and miles and he has no idea where the hell he's going. He looks like he's lost on the
0: other side of the mountain and actually can't see his house from there.
1: Yeah, he keeps saying, where is that euphemism? As if he thinks he's still in his yard. Come on, guy, just pee behind a tree. You walk past (laughs) like eight of them.
2: You're not that blind. Come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And this song is real quick to suggest, oh, hey, this kid's never going home. No
1: one comes home through the wind. No one comes home through the growling. It specifically says, no one comes home through the wind. Meaning that anyone, anyone who gets lost in this, you know, they give up on them.
0: Lost forever in the darkness of the sour, sweet Grinch night wind. Y'all.
1: Grandpa Josiah and Mariah don't go out looking for him. They just call. No, they stay. Yeah. They probably tell all of these children, don't go up that mountain. Now, I want to point out here, Eukariah doesn't live with his parents. He lives with his grandparents and a couple of little kids Mm -hmm. that don't we don't know if he's related to them or not. His parents, what happened to them? Was it Grinch night? (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't even think of that.
2: Ten Grinch nights ago
0: (laughs) on a night just (laughs) like
2: this. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Well, Yukariah finally climbs up to the brickle bush where the Wozu's trying to hide and tell him to shush, and then points to the wagon. And Eukaraya notices Max lying there on the ground and just goes up. Oh, a doggy! I'm going to take you home with me. And now Max is trying to tell Eukaraya to shush, but too late. Shh, shh! Shut up, kid. The Grinch has noticed him and asks, "Who are you?" Yukariah who, sir? You're a rather small who, aren't you? A little
2: short for a stormtrooper.
0: The curious small who asks, are you really the Grinch? And he really doesn't like that.
1: Am I the Grinch? (laughs) Well, he does look a little different than last time, you may have noticed. He does. He's got the red eyes. Yeah, he's got the red eyes. And now what used to be a... Yeah, he used to have a scraggly ruff of fur around his neck, and now it's mutated into more of a Kermit the Frog jester collar. Yes,
0: he did become more Kermit-like. I did notice that.
2: <laughs> mm. I gotta say though from that now you mentioned like Kermit, my my kids, I swear to God, uh, my youngest and especially they've they've taken to making Kermit into this nigh omnipotent like demon being. Where Kermit the, Kermit the Frog is responsible for the destruction of all these evil things. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting to say the least.
1: They turned him into <laughs> Constantine. Basically, now I'm imagining something like evil Constantine, evil Constantine,
2: he's evil. <laughs>
1: You know that scene from Naruto where the kid drops off his weights and suddenly we realize just how strong he is to have been carrying those all this time? Imagine that with putting Jim Henson into his grave. <laughs> <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> Sorry, was that a little grim? Not grim enough. Not on Grinch <laughs> night.
0: <look> <laughs> am I the Grinch? Like, i that's how I imagine YouTubers I've never heard of in public. Do you know who I am? <laughs> Am I
1: Woney?
2: <laughs> I don't even know who that is.
1: <laughs> Am I John Tron? Am I
2: PBG? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir?
1: How now dare I'm you? a very angry
0: video game nerd.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the white glove comes off and they slap you across the face. <laughs>
1: I like this alternate universe where uh, YouTubers are uh, are the kind of people who write threatening notes with quills while wearing a
2: cape and the wig. <laughs> Pistols at 10 paces. What are you talking alternate? This is real. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need to get on TikTok.
0: There you go. <laughs> Hates the notion of his being the Grinch getting questioned that. He gives Yukariya a quick demonstration of his Black Grinch magic by making his eyebrows fly around like a bat. It really is a wonderful eyebrows.
1: He leads with (laughs) it. Now, Yukariya is frightened, but the the wuzzy wuzu just keeps making these pissed off faces like, get your your eyebrows yourself. Put your eyebrows. Oh, uka potty ponka
0: you. <laughs> but that's it. Grinch has more important things to do besides waste his time with such a small who. So he gives Mac he gives Max an Achtung! And down the mountain the dog starts to slink again. That threw me off.
2: I heard that and I'm like, wait a second, why is the Grinch speaking German all of a sudden?
0: <laughs> Where the hell is this coming from? He did always strike
1: me as a bit of a angry germans uh, streak this is definitely not the last uh, german uh, imagery we're going to see in this special either No,
2: no no
0: but here's where ukariah musters up his courage and he thinks about his family his grandpa josiah and mariah and his i'm guessing his younger twin siblings or the other two kids uh, obadiah and Bethiah. they're finally named here and never again and we're told he would have to save the town and stop the Grinch from getting down by stalling for time. So he grabs a conveniently placed piece of hollowed out tree bark and rides it down the side of a mountain like Clark Griswold on a saucer sled. <laughs> and he makes it down in time to cut off the Grinch. Max looks annoyed for a second, like, I thought you didn't even want to be there, dog. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, he had to stop the weight of that wagon, that's so uh, his patty paws are probably hurting. You almost killed me. <laughs> but
0: Yukari asks the Grinch, would you please scare me some more? And the Grinch just goes around him, so he sleds down the mountain even more and cuts them off again. This time wiping his glasses and pretending not to notice he's in their way. And that's enough for the Grinch to say, all right, you asked for it. Put your glasses on and get up
1: on this wagon. I like how when he stops there, Max makes an oh, I get it. Yes. yes. This time he's smiling.
0: Now he knows what's happening. We as an audience might not yet, but very unlike Euchariah, hindsight's 2020. <laughs> so up Ucariah climbs on a set of pegs, the Grinch made appear on the wagon by snapping his fingers again. Yeah, this special, I think, is the only appearance of the Grinch that shows him having some sort of magic ability. So Ethan, your point of maybe Grinch night is when this all comes about really makes perfect sense.
2: Some set sort of convergence or something.
1: Yeah. In most other specials and appearances, the, the Grinch is just kind of this grumpy old man in the mountain or a cryptid at worst. Yeah. But in this, the the who's just see him as this legendary figure of fear, like Loki or the devil. Right. And <laughs> Yeah, and Yukariah is staring him down and you can, you know, feel the absolute terror on this small boy's voice and face as he stares up at this this godlike figure who he has pissed off. And, and he says, do your worst. Yeah. Grinch is kind of beckoning him. Come Closer.
0: Closer. 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 Yeah, but he he defiantly cries do your worst, and here it comes. Spent this whole special wondering what happens on Grinch night. What does he do when he gets to Whoville? Does he terrorize the whole town with this monster acid trip?
2: It's possible. I mean, there's something there's something in there. It's uh, either it's baking the acid cloud, or you know, I, I swear to God, I, this is the part. I, I like right or like a minute or two after this starts is where I walked in and I'm like I'm thinking to myself did did Doctor did Doctor Seuss just drop acid and do all of this is this what is where the heck is this coming from like is this his like everything he ever wanted to put on screen thrown in there just for the heck of it look a wheel made it completely a feat I mean <laughs> what the hell
1: well. I'd like to point out that an awful lot of this is reused, not just from his uh, other other books and other specials, but Dr. Seuss also had a long career in – Political cartoons. Yes. And political cartoons have a major, you know, it's important to get an idea across with often with a weird monster. And you will see some of these things if you look through his political cartoons, especially that wheel of legs you mentioned, which is pretty clearly a swastika.
2: Yep. It really is. And that's what the, the big thing he did during World War II was sit there and make anti german and anti- japanese yes. cartoons and they were pretty bad i mean like even even if you accept the fact that he's trying to do something for the war effort that's not i mean you don't want to go down that road yes. come on guy like oh
1: good lord now later he later he claimed to be changed and he dec- he uh dedicated horton here's a who to to his to his japanese friends mm-hmm. but you know the damage is still done you
2: know uh, oh yeah, yeah definitely my friend actually got me a, uh, a copy of a uh, of com- of, of, of collection of his um, his wartime works. Oh, is it Dr. Seuss Goes to War? Yes, that's it. That's it exactly. Yes. I have a copy of that, too. That's a wonderful book. Yes. It is. Yes. I need to get that. It's, yes. it's very insightful. And, and I, I was just uh, that's one of the things I looked at. I'm like, this is. In my head, up until that point, I'd only seen Dr. Seuss as like, okay, he's just this genteel old guy writing stuff for kids. He's never really done anything else than that. And and this is just like, what? What am I? One of those mind blowing moments, you know?
1: Yes, it's very it's very disheartening to see how on the on the side of the uh, inter- Japanese internment camps, uh, Seuss came out, out exactly, on. Mm. And, and that was,
0: that was yeah. Oh. I've only seen the tip of the iceberg on that.
1: And how rooted in you know blood it seemed to be, because, you know, when you see his drawings of the representations of other countries, when he draws, when it's Germany, he draws Hitler. When it's Italy, he draws. Uh, oh, damn. Darn, what's his name? Mussolini. Mussolini and when yeah. it's yes, when it's uh, France, he draws Laval. But when it's Japan, he doesn't draw Hirohito. He just draws this generic Japanese guy. And that's I feel that's very telling.
2: Exactly. Like he he doesn't want to to give them any more of a of a reality than, than he feels that they deserve, and he doesn't feel they deserve much yes. of one. Now, yeah. I mean, again, I I understand why he might have felt that it was necessary. I don't think that's a good idea. And
1: I don't know. I, I,
2: I, no. No. Bad. No
1: bad. I you know, I think there is you know, I think there is room to love the man and recognize that he still made serious errors. So. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Exactly. It's it's like it's like the the challenge everyone finds with dealing with uh, Michael Jackson and his music. You yes. have Michael Jackson and you have his music. Thriller is like the greatest one of the greatest music videos and songs of the past like half century.
0: We're going through that again with with J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter, too.
2: Yeah, Now exactly. yes. yeah, but she's lived long enough to become the villain. Exactly. Th- thank you. That that's why I was going to say.
1: And speaking as the hungry reader, I've been dealing with this with L. Frank Baum.
2: Oh, oh my sure.
0: Yep.
1: Yes, I mean, very much a man of his time, but you know, he was he was ahead of his time in a lot of ways, since uh, his his mother in law was the was Matilda Gage, one of the great suffragists suffragettes, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he wrote this awful essay that you know you have to you have to hope he was being sarcastic because otherwise it's a call for genocide
2: and then there's also this sci-fi writer what's his name oh um in the mouth of madness that
1: guy oh 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 you mean uh you mean lovecraft of course yes oh. that guy
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yes. Uh, everyone likes that. to say, do you know what he named his cat?
2: Yes, yes we know. What well, he that named among his other cat. things, yeah, that's one of the, the that, it's like everything you look at and it's like, wow, this is such a product of its time. And that's not a good thing.
1: No. <laughs>
0: we we can't expect things to age well, because
1: no. if we don't learn anything, then what's the point? Exactly. So, you know, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure we are saying things casually that we think of as very, uh, very, very thoughtful that uh, generations in the future will listen to our listen to our works and be like, oh, my God, those horrible racists. We didn't mean to be. We weren't trying to. We're just dumber than y'all will be. Yes. People get smarter in the future.
2: Continue improving as a species. <laughs> we hope they're gonna be smarter. We don't yeah, want to yeah. go near idiocracy, but... Yeah, don't turn into the Eloy. But... <laughs> or let's not do yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd like to be a Morlock. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we'd all be Morlocks.
0: <laughs> Back to our uh, Grinchy acid trip, which starts yeah. with Susie and Klansman.
1: Get and be yeah. Yes, the the bird cult, as they were, they were referred to on BogLeach.com. Oh, wow. if, if you've ever. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the website BogLeach, you should check out his uh, complete deconstruction of all the monsters that appear in this sequence. Really? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I have seen that. Yeah, I made a, I made a top ten for you guys. Do you have favorites? Uh, I do have favorites, but yeah, give me your top 10. Go for it. Okay. Number 10, the sea squirts. You only (laughs) see it very briefly, but there's these nozzles that are just puffing air in the underwater for like a brief second. And I want to know what's going on there. (laughs) Yukari isn't even in the picture. Is he inside them? number nine the alligator that you only see for a second but it dislocates its jaw like it's about to swallow somebody
0: yeah a few times for some reason that reminded me of some kind of sesame street animation but i
1: couldn't put my finger on it uh the alligator king right maybe or the pinball count like it's about to double the pinball (laughs) yeah that looks like something
0: from pinball number count
2: the 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 alligator reminded me of the the Twilights on the movie where they have ah. this similar <laughs> sequence like this, I looked and like, ah, <laughs> that's all.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Number eight, the bird cult, who or the the clansmen, as as you said, they they really yeah. do look like clansmen wearing their hoods in front, but the, they definitely have mouths, right? The big noses, and we see them twice. They're the only monster that re, that reappears.
0: Yeah, dancing in a circle around Eucharia, chanting his name.
1: Yes. And this and the song that goes Grinch is going to get ya, Grinch is going to get you. Yes, indeedy. Fa la la. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the cellist, this giant shaggy monster playing a huge cello as the <laughs> bird <laughs> cult marches in a line to somewhere. I think that uh,
0: cello sort of morphed its way into, uh, oh, say, can you say or the other one. <laughs>
1: number six, uh. Whatever is following him in the river as he's in the little boat, this enormous thing that's just eyes and bald head. That's my favorite. I don't know about you, but that's what I imagine the Vug from the there's a Wocket in my pocket to look like.
0: Oh, the Vug under the rug creeps me out.
1: You know the name is a typo. It was supposed to be the UG under the rug, but uh, the lady mistook uh, Doctor Seuss's U for a V, and he liked Vug better. Uh, yeah, I mean it is better. It is better. Number five, the hostile robots. Yeah, <laughs> these robots that are like they have like gobos or something uh, fixed onto their faces, and as they fix uh, Ukariah in spotlight after spotlight, he vanishes. Yes. Number four, the bespectacled swallower worm. Blah. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like, you know, again, Bogleach pointed out that it looks like some sort of horrible representation of Euchariah himself. <laughs> like an like an elderly version of him that came to eat him. Oh wow. You're right. Which is <laughs> like Nightmare House of Mirrors. <laughs> and then the next thing you see of Yukari, he's standing on this plane that looks sort of like a tongue. So that's even worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number three, the stomping giant that uh, smashes down one of those little whack-a-mole guys. That was
2: disturbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: we, yeah, we see them. I feel like those uh, that line showed up somewhere. Yeah. The angry eye sticking out of a line of holes in the ground. I feel like they are also in other places you'll go. And then this giant monster comes stomping around and steps on
1: one of them. And the others all glare. That's that's delightful. Yeah. Number two is the giant stomping legs. With eyes. Yes. Well, they don't even have eyes. They're just legs. They just they just feet that connect with an arch.
0: Oh, I I
2: wouldn't step here. Yes. And that wooden stuff there. That's Thurl. Thurl, our buddy. Ba-ba-ba-wap.
1: There he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and the swastika is probably related to those two. And there's also a thing that looks like Could a be. really elaborate yeah. one of those with a spider hanging in the middle. And I, I have I don't know what's going on with that one. But number one, I have a guess. The Jabu. The Jabu. I knew it. <laughs> OK. I didn't know if every
0: creature in this sequence has a name. But I know, I knew the Jabu as soon as I saw it because this exact scene is in a book, "Oh, the Thinks You Can Think." Yeah. Except they put Yukariya in place of just random character.
2: Well, the, the 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 guy is looking down the hall, like the no, looking yes. down the yes. alleyway. Yeah. I actually have that freeze framed right now on my TV. And if you <laughs> and if you look at the book, the Jabu is just
1: sort of giving a friendly wave, like, "Hey, man, you got a light?" Yeah, just. Hey. But yeah, in. In this one, they made him purposefully much more threatening. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, he's kind of arching his back and his knees are bent. And his, he's got like an angry his mouth is looks like it's got sharp teeth on it. He He's in a threatening
1: pose. He's about to spring. So I like to think of the Jabu as being a opposite number to the birthday bird. The <laughs> birthday bird appears to you on your birthday. The jabu appears on the day that's going to be the day you die. Sunday.
2: <laughs> if the if the jabu has anything to say about it.
0: <laughs> the, oh, those are perfect opposites. I got to put the birthday bird in my show notes now. That's in Happy Birthday to You. Also from other things you can think are these ghostly creatures called bloogs that look like some sort of squiggly flying ghosties in this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you see those the kind of fork-tailed ghosts that you see uh, blow, yeah, blowing by like as was said in the book. Mm-hmm.
0: Um the scene where Yukari is on this elaborate stairway and ducks under a bat soaring at his head is also similar to a page of other things you can think. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There's there are a lot of things that sort of flutter and crowd at him. There's these things that look like bones with wings yeah a few of those um right
0: before Euchariah falls into a trap door that opens underneath him he's standing in this pink field full of other square holes in the ground out of which grow these wriggling claw-like plants they make their way or are from i forget wh- whether it's from or pants. but they look like the pants eating plants and did i ever tell you how lucky oh. you, you are
1: You know what? Speaking of which, you know what? I'm really surprised didn't show up here. What's that? The green pants with no one inside them. Hey, yeah. That's frightening in print. Yeah. Animate them and ugh. I mean, the pants aren't bad guys, but then neither was the Jabu. No. (laughs) They are now. They are on Grinch night. I mean, the pants aren't a bad guy. I don't know. It's a pair of bad (laughs) guys. Yeah. You know, uh, pants... Pants as an individual are one place where you should definitely always use they.
2: Yep. Among this whole cavalcade of like disturbing images. It's like, it's, you're looking at a ton of different art styles and art approaches. You've got the generals, like the, the usual Susican, Susical, Susi, Susi looking stuff. But you've also got like the, the scene where it looks like there's a, uh, I guess teeth or fingers holding in a hole and closing and opening it frequently. And you see a number of different things, but also Eukirai is in there looking through it. And at the end, the very final one is just a set of eyes. Like it's got this very stained glass look to them. And
0: yeah. Yeah. I found that very effective that they kind of uh, flashed between art styles. It was like lightning the way that they faded in and out very quickly, but it was, it was a fade. It was a disturbing fade, And I liked that.
2: And there's also like a series of skeletons, like like about two, fl- f- almost a flash later, where it's like you've got a yellow, blue, and red skeleton that just like mm. floating there, almost disembodied, but enough to that you recognize what it is. But it's like, it's I don't even know what, what the art style is called. I, I I'm very poor at this sort of thing. But I I I'm, I was gonna say mosaic. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Okay, that's 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 what it reminds me of. Yeah,
1: there are a lot of random faces that we see in this that aren't necessarily monstrous, but just, you know, flashing by as fast as you can, you know, all you can see is that they're very, they would be monstrous if you were a who.
0: Yeah. On top of all of this, uh, this special is giving you sensory overload. Yes. <laughs> it makes everything scarier. And then what really ties the whole scene together is the music by Joe Raposo. It's a spooky masterpiece.
1: Oh, man. Absolutely. That's, yeah, this, you should, you should speak of this music from the from the paraphernalia wagon in the same breath as, say, the Ghosts and Goblins theme. Yes, yes.
0: absolutely. Abs- definitely, yes. Uh, I read Joe Raposo was very heavily inspired by Daunts Macabre, mm. posed by Camille Sansan. Uh I definitely hear it. And it's definitely Halloweeny enough that it's perfect for me.
1: Yeah, put it on your Halloween playlist. Break up all those uh, all those covers of Monster Mash.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right before Thriller, you go with this.
1: (laughs) That works. Thriller, Ghostbusters, Monster Mash and uh, Halloween Witch the Magic.
2: And then this. (laughs) Yep. There you go. Yeah.
0: And any other scenes before I move on?
1: Oh, well, let's go to the very last one, which is the the Spring Tower.
0: Yeah, we're about to find out how lucky Yukariah is because his spooks tour comes to an end as he's trapped on this small platform on a very tall spring, being stalked by this blobby ghost thing that's just following him and staring at him with an angry face.
1: Now, have you noticed that rarely does Yukariah ever get threatened bodily? Mostly, he's just being regarded hostilely or being prevented from going where he wants to go. Yes. Yeah. nothing ever actually tries to attack him. And I think that's an element of what makes this so scary is that you don't know what they want. Right. You don't know what's going to happen from any of these creatures. Uh,
0: besi- the one that is in that river of pink ooze, just those purple eyes coming out of there is the closest thing I saw to him being
2: chased. The only thing that actually tries to attack him or go after him in any sense is the the massive lobster. Oh, yeah. yeah, Right near the end. But it it reaches for him and grabs him. But
1: It grabs him, but he's about to get sucked down.
2: Exactly. And he gets sucked in the pipe just as it goes after him. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's just close enough that it almost gets him. But it's like, that's the only thing that's really actively going to hurt him if it gets him. you know, Or if it, it seems like it's going to hurt him at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It might just be trying to keep him from escaping down the hole, but we don't know. Could be. Exactly.
0: But here on this swaying spring tower is where Yukariah takes a sniff of the air, smiles, pulls on the ghost blob's tail and watches it float away like a balloon when it loses all its air. And we're back on the wagon as Yukariah triumphantly closes the lid. And the Grinch is
1: just down in the ground chilling. <sighs> I, I'm surprised. I would think he would want a front row seat for this. Yeah. He's unleashing this hell
0: trip every year on Grinch night. And this is how he actually spends it. Just moping around.
1: This is your big Grinch night. Well, what do you think he was doing? How much of that do you think he was controlling? How much of it do you think is like his puppets?
2: I think it was more that he's he's there just making sure that, you know, you is actually sticking around for this and doesn't figure a way to get away from it before it's over. That's Mm. really all he's doing.
0: You do hear him a couple of times saying, enjoying yourself? Exactly. Take a little walk. Take a spook's tour is what he calls it. (laughs) It it was forever before I
1: got that that pun.
0: (laughs) But then at the end of this, he's just standing around looking bored. Practice some self-care, Mr. Grinch. Get into this. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's no fun to scare yourself. I guess not. Or maybe he knows that Euchariah just found out that the sour, sweet wind is dying down, and that means less noise from the noisy animals, and that apparently is enough to make the Grinch just up and go home. And he just accepts it like he's been outsmarted by this kid, like,
2: well, I'll be Grinched. Well, I'll be Grinched. Oh, okay, later. It might also be like, like Ethan was saying, this this may have just been this, this particular convergence of, like, The like you said, the ion storm, whatever happened, it's preventing him from basically doing what he wants to do. He might be able to get down there, but at this point, there's nothing he's going to be able to do. He's his powers are gone. He's done.
1: The Grinching hour is over. We literally saw him grow to a giant size, even outside of the paraphernalia wagon. But the next thing we see is him dragging the wagon up by himself at normal size. You know, you'd think he'd just, you know, turn it into a, into a monster one last time and drop it on the wagon to say drop the wagon at the top of the mountain to save himself a trip. But, sure. uh, you know, his his powers are spent. Yeah. He good He spent them all on Ukariah.
0: Yeah. And tells Max to come on. Let's turn this wagon around. And Max unhooks himself, gives the Grinch the old raspberry and follows Euchariah home to Whoville. So if you're like us and like to overthink 40-year-old cartoon specials, (laughs) here's where things might get a little messy. It's never stated outright, but I've seen this marketed as a prequel to How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Before he stole Christmas, he haunted Halloween. But if Max goes to Whoville, how is he back with the Grinch by Christmas Story? Maybe there was
1: another Grinch night.
2: (laughs) I mean, it, it might not be that. It might just be he probably got homesick. And just went back to what he knew best. That's what that was. In The Grinch Stole Christmas, he seems much happier, much more calm. Yeah. The Grinch certainly seems to enjoy him more. Like, doesn't treat him as much of a He, he treats him like a slave, sure. But doesn't treat him as, like, as much of a slave as that, you know?
1: I mean, how bad of a guy is the Grinch in general? I mean, in this one, he's a villain, but he also... You know, he's also no threat to the uh, to the who's outside of Grinch night. And he and he had no magic powers to assist him when he stole Christmas. No. So, you know, is, you know, is the Grinch necessarily a bad person or or is he like no face from spirited away? Somebody who tr- who could be good, but, you know, you've got to keep him away from this dangerous situation because he can't control himself.
2: <laughs> Here you go with the anime references again. My God. <laughs> <laughs> that was what a connection.
0: Or maybe it's just a different dog that he also named Max and the Grinch has a type. <laughs>
1: well, I, I do know people who have like, this is this, this is my dog, Percy the Fifth. So there yeah, entirely possible. Snowball, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but good for this Max to get out of an abusive relationship, at least for now. Grinch treats Max way worse in this than any other appearance I've seen him in. He's not even in the Grinch Grinch is the cat in the hat, is he? I think he is. And I think they use a different stock bark. But uh, hmm. but it's very little. He's just kind of a yeah. You know what? Max is in there because like at the very end of that, you see him kind of wink at the camera.
1: Hmm.
0: But uh, but he's used very sparingly.
1: What if there isn't just one Grinch?
0: Ooh, yeah, because that Grinch in uh, the Grinch, is the Count, Cat in the Hat, is not on Mount Crumpet, and I don't know where this is.
1: Yeah, I don't know where he is, but. It doesn't seem to take place on a speck of dust unless this speck of dust no. has the cat in the hat, too. Could be.
0: It's a it's little cat Z.
2: <laughs> there might be a thousand and, different uh, uh, dust specks and there. There might be. It might be that this dust speck is one of the flakes inside the snow globe.
0: <laughs> Cousin Tommy snow globe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But the Grinch is left to carry the wagon, back up himself to Mount Crumpet by himself. And as he does this, he gives us a sinister warning that that wind will be coming back someday. I'll be coming back someday.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Like evil Frosty. <laughs> I got goosebumps just hearing that.
0: <laughs> But Eukariah's grandparents see him coming home from the video phone, on the video phone. And we end with a celebration and song as everyone sings halle Ballelujah, bridge has gone away. The nasty old soft sweet wind
1: has blown away. All the green crop growled and itself away.
2: Gone is the bridge up the mountain.
1: and windows all get thrown open and we get to see you know the the ducks in their little duck house all dancing and the oh, and yeah. the fish and dancing in their bowls a the little quonset hut for ducks
0: yukari right. gets like his photo taken he's a town hero he gets his photo taken with max i wish they did this song first and then cut to the grinch warning i'll be coming back someday but it's fine well, we made it Do we have any final thoughts on Halloween is Grinch night.
2: Much better than I was expecting much. Very good. Good follow-up to the original Grinch uh, still, how the Grinch still Christmas a lot more in depth, I think. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. There are ways that it doesn't compare as well because it doesn't have Chuck Jones. But I can't imagine Chuck Jones doing the paraphernalia wagon sequence either. I don't I don't think I ever saw him animate anything scary. No, the closest Chuck Jones thing I can think of to that is the
0: uh, is that scene, the Phantom Tollbooth, where he gets a hold of the
1: the wand that 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 controls the sunrise or the sunset. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are the there are the demons in that. But they're that's much more, you know, plotting more, more like more like a boss rush. Not so much <laughs> yeah. The...
0: Yes. That's a good that's a good description of that. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> Love that movie, too. But yeah. Yeah. But you're right. It has a completely
0: different to- tone.
1: Who directed this one? Was it one of the Freelangs?
0: Yeah, yes. it was a to Patty Freeling.
1: Yep. Hard to believe that DePatty Freeling turned into Marvel Studios. Oh, yeah. So, some of the people who were doing this were doing Transformers just a few years later. Yeah.
0: And Muppet Babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With that weird ninja.
0: Well, that's not as much of a stretch as Transformers is.
1: No. <laughs> uh, Muppet Babies was probably a lot cheaper to produce oh, sure. because so much of it was stock footage. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: And that's why we can't have Muppet Babies today, because too much stock footage. Ah. Some may not find this very Halloween-y, but it's got the autumn leaves blowing in the wind. It's got the Joe Raposo music. It's fine. I still enjoy this very, very much. Uh, The visuals are fantastic. The music is fantastic. And I'm so glad you both joined me on this one. This has been great. Thank you both.
2: Absolutely. This is wonderful. I love this.
0: And if people want to see what's hiding in your paraphernalia wagon, where can they find you on the internet, James?
2: I am always on Twitter, almost constantly. Maddlingly so sometimes. Um, Be careful if you're following me, because I actually happen to be on on a 50-member thread called the Mega Thread, and goodness knows you don't want to get dragged in there because it's worse than the paraphernalia wagon some days.
1: (laughs) Uh, and Ethan, I would say that you know the the most reliable place to find me as, is on my on my own podcast, a special presentation with Mike and Ethan. Or Alf will not be seen tonight, which you can find at Anchor.fm/slash a special presentation. You can also see more of me on my YouTube channel, The Hungry Reader, which you can visit at thehungryreader.com. and you and you'll get to see me doing. Uh, Let's Plays and also uh, videos with also with my partner, Mike, from Special Presentation. And of course, my deep dives into children's books, especially the Oz series.
0: Yes, I cannot recommend all of those enough, especially Special Presentation. If you enjoy this podcast, you will absolutely enjoy that one. And I really enjoy
1: doing my own podcast, and that's why I got to like this one so much. Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) Uh, So go treat yourself. Uh, I am on Twitter at Fall West Mike and at Advent Cal House. You can find complete show notes for all the winding mountain roads we went down during this episode. I'll be coming back in a couple of days, but until then, for Ethan and James, live from the euphemism, this is Mike Westfall saying, "Beware of the icy patch." Can,
2: can we <laughs> open the door now and let let us out of the euphemism? It's getting oh, rather stinky right. in here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh I'll be done in a second.
2: (laughs) Did I have to be in here for this?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, no, just don't turn away. Look, look, look me in the eye. Yes.
2: (laughs) And now these messages. Hi, this is Scott from Holly Jolly Exmasu, your podcast destination for Japanese Christmas music. If you like Christmas music and are tired of the same old songs, this is the podcast for you. Join me each month as I explore my collection of Yuletide albums from Japan, featuring everything from city pop to 80s rock, long lost jazz, and psychedelic garage rock. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. It's some of the greatest Christmas music you've never heard.
0: Next time on the Advent Calendar House...